Hi, Carly. That Love shirt it. is fantastic. Today. Love it. Love That's it. Cute, cute, cute. Did you make that or did you get that? Oh, I bought it. You bought it. Oh, good. Yeah, my idea of creating is desserts. I mean, you. I mean, <laughs> if you've been on my Instagram and my Facebook, you've seen yes. that. Yes, and you're very good at that, and you, that's a good thing to be creative at. <laughs> and they look delicious. Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello, and thank you for taking a seat at the table. We have a special guest joining us today, and we're all so excited to chat with her. We have Carly Fines here from Carly's Custom Cakes. So joining me at the table as usual, Rachel Flanagan. Hey, everybody. Tabitha Cabrera. Hello. Kim McIsaac. Hi. Jamie Ramos. Hello. And I'm Jen Dunn. And we have an amazing young lady joining us tonight, Carly Fines. Carly is a 26-year-old young lady. You are 27 in July, I believe, I heard. That's right. Um, yes, she's from Bedford, New Hampshire. She graduated in 2019 from Johnson Wales University. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is amazing. You are a girl on the autism spectrum. Like, I like to identify as a neurodivergent woman or an autistic woman. Love that. I also have a daughter on the spectrum and so does Tabitha and Kim and Rachel. So we just love having you here with us today. Would you uh, mind introducing yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure thing. Jen covered most of it, but my name is Carly Fines. I'm a home bakery owner from Bedford, New Hampshire. I'm autistic and I will be 27 this coming July. I am, I'm a graduate from Johnson & Wales University, class of 2019, magna cum laude, which is the top 20% in the class. That's awesome. Here, here, so awesome. Amazing. That's amazing. I think I first saw you on an interview with Kate Swenson from Finding Cooper's Voice. I think yeah. that's the first place I saw you. A couple of years ago during COVID, I was reading the blog and I was reading some of the articles that Carrie wrote for Finding Cooper's voice for the blog. I reached out to Carrie, told her that, hey, I don't see any articles about autistic adults struggling with the job market. And I told her that I would be happy to write something for the blog that would help. Then it just all went and it all just snowballed in a positive way from there. And okay. since then you've seen me on a couple of times on Finding Cooper's voice, several times on on Car with Carrie, one time with uh, Tanya Andrews with her blog, and now here and now here I am with you guys. That is so fun. Can you tell us how you got into baking? How did this all come about? Would you believe me if I told you that this is something my sister said? She said that food was my pacifier. I was I was always drawn to desserts, even as a kid. And my aunt Lisa, who happens to run a small wedding cake business down on the Cape herself, East Falmouth Cape Cod, which is which is an which is in the neck of the woods of some of our of one of our other friends here. Yes, right by Kimmy. Yeah, this was like before Discovery Plus, before all the social media stuff happened. But I actually got to go to Denver, Colorado, to see my. Aunt Lisa be filmed for Food Network Challenge back when the show was in its earlier years, and I got to do that twice. And I met some of the uh, uh, some of the people who were involved in the show, and seeing my Aunt Lisa decorating cakes. I was only like 11 years old at the time, and I just saw how beautiful it was. And given my sweet tooth, one could argue it was sort of a given that I would end up in this industry. 
Now, like I said before, food was my pacifier. And I'm sure you, you ladies being moms, I'm sure you've all had to figure out what your kid would need to calm down in order to be able to function. In my case, if I didn't have, if I wasn't chewing on something, I, uh, it's, it was like some, I just wasn't regulated. Mm. It's so smart, Carly, for you to take something that you knew about yourself and make it into, you know, like let it grow into a passion and then into your business and let it influence so much of your path. I think it's, it's so cool when someone can follow a passion project like this and make so much out of it as you have. I think it's, again, just the most inspiring. I'll admit that I, that I had help, not just getting, and not just uh, becoming the woman I am, but building the business. And I'm the first woman that if I didn't have the cushions that I have in multiple senses of the word, I probably would not be in the position I am right now. And I don't necessarily mean that in a good way. This is something that, that I've, that I've wanted to do for most of my life. And in all honesty, I did not have a fallback plan. I had no other, uh, other options. I mean, my dad being a surgeon, I couldn't follow in his footsteps just on the sheer basis that unless it's my own, I can't really handle the side of uh, the side of blood. My mom a finance lawyer, I wasn't sure I'd be able to handle that either because uh, it's very complicated, very complex field. I'm, it's, I, those lawyers, I have it on the best of authority that even that the bar exam is not easy. I will tell you, Carly, it is not easy. I'm an attorney by profession. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is not easy. She'd rather be a baker. Yes. Yeah. Well, baking's and not all a uh, dress theory either. <laughs> yeah, it's not, uh, yeah, it's a lot of uh, for people who uh, don't happen to live in the same place as their business. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of experimenting, accounting, yeah, legal stuff. It's a little Math. bit of everything. Yeah, which is why the program I went to in at Johnson and Wales was very good for me because it gave me a little bit of an idea of everything I needed to do in order to make this as much as a success as possible. The accounting, the, the human resources portion of it, the, the baking and the actual baking and production is only part of it. You have to think about labor, overhead, et cetera. And in this day and age, you can't really afford to, afford to put out quality product without shoving a pretty high price tag into your customers' faces. But given that I keep my use of artificial junk to, the, to a minimum and mm-hmm. given the fact that it's sort of a one-woman show, I kind of don't really have much of a choice. And, and for my customers who really love my work, it's worth every penny and every calorie. That's right, girl. <laughs> they That's love that. always I'm worth the calories. Sure yeah. People can care that much about calories these days, given what happened during COVID. People were like, life's too short. Let's eat what we want. <laughs> I think a lot of people got a food pacifier during the COVID-19. That's for sure. Yeah, I admit that yeah. I put on weight during the first year of the pandemic, but according to my doctor, it was pretty atypical. And that's yeah. really that's normal. great. A year took me about a week. So you did good, girl. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your business? How you talked about the program that you're in, but how did it kind of the start of it go? Okay. And where is it now? One of you has a 27 year old. Kim. Yep. Yeah, Kim does. Okay. Kim, I'm sure you've uh, seen this before, but your daughter had trouble uh, getting a job. Yeah. Well, my daughter is actually nonverbal. So she goes to a day program. So she doesn't have a job. Since she's nonverbal, how does she communicate? Does she have a, uh, does she have a text to speech device or something like that? 
So she does have a speech device, but she's not, she doesn't use it like independently. She more uses it for structured activities, not so much independently. So she gestures, she does have some words. She communicates a lot non-verbally. Or Carly, we understand what you're saying because we've had a lot of people on our podcast discussing work and, you know, different options in different places. And I think what you were going to say is that it, it's such a challenge to find the perfect fit. Is that kind of what you've run into with finding a job? Yep. Like, like ding, 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 ding. Smart, a smart autism mom award goes to you. <laughs> um, that's exactly what happened. And on the subject of moms, it was actually my mom's idea to get the house kitchen inspected and certified for me to legally bake and sell myself out of the house. Granted, with some restrictions on what I am and am not allowed to make. For example, I'm sure I know the answer to this already, but how many of you guys like like pumpkin pie during the holidays? That's a hell yeah from Flannaville. That's a yes from Jamie Ramos. Did you raise your hand on mute? <laughs> yeah, bad news. Can't do that for you. Oh. Same goes for I don't, I don't like pumpkin pie, so it's perfect for me. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm not allowed to do pecan pie either. If I if I insist on pies, I'm limited to double crusted fruit by oh. law. Oh, okay. oh for your license. interesting. From your kitchen certification, is that what you mean? Yes, by law, I'm not allowed to do that. So you can do apple pie. In New pie. Hampshire, we have a, what I have is what's okay. known as a level one homestead. By yeah. law, if it needs to be professionally refrigerated, meaning raw egg whites, custards, creams, mousses, curds, contraband. It's one thing if I was renting commercial kitchen space and making it and selling it out of there, but I'm doing this out of my own house. Right. Yeah. I can't do that by law. So I'm limited to drop cookies, cupcakes that don't have a, a curd or custard fill, uh, filling, uh, brownies and bars. It's It gets a little... Um, it can be a little restrictive, but if there's one thing I've learned how to do, it's how to work around limitations. Yeah. It's how to work within those limitations. And I'm sure you've all learned how to do this too. Sometimes Sorry, I think you... it's better to have less to choose from, to be honest, because I agree. I get so overwhelmed when there's so many choices. So if you only got apple pie, I'm just going to get apple pie <laughs> or blueberry <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But that's a good point. We, in business, we have there's something called the hedgehog concept. Basically, it's uh, what in simple terms it means that a hedgehog can do one or at most a few things very, very well. In my case, it's well decorated desserts. It's better to be a hedgehog compared to a fox, which can do a fox can do multiple things, but not to the extent of skill and execution that a hedgehog can which is why I'm sure you guys have seen some businesses that do only one thing and one thing alone and do an extremely good job at it. That's a perfect example of the hedgehog concept. Nice. Harley, I have to tell you, just in our brief parts of our conversation so far, you've mentioned the, the laws and rules of your industry. You can check that off your attorney interest from early life or following your parents' footsteps. You have just got something from each lane of this entrepreneurship that you learned at that school, but I can hear that you have learned so much on your whole path seems like you're thirsty for information and just killing it yeah problem is i wish i i just wish that the big systems on the whole saw that yeah yeah now, we do too now i'm sure some of you are gonna have this are gonna have this concern in the back of your minds with your kids in the future but honestly i wouldn't have had to be had to start my own business straight out of johnson and straight out of graduation if the doors had just been open for me for the get-go if that was just baked into the system i was gonna ask you 
and I, and I know that's a very broad question, so feel free to just narrow in on it. What obstacles did you find that you were coming across sort of through college and then coming right out? It's that's pretty tricky. The truth is the the academic portion, it was no problem in Johnson Wales. I was able to advocate for myself. I was capable of getting what I needed, but sometimes my peers and I would butt heads if they didn't understand where I was coming from, right. if I wasn't really open about my uh, developmental profile. And then afterwards, it was it's just how the interviews get structured. Right. For example, for you guys who've all been through job interviews, basically they ask this question in a certain way and the nuance there, they're expecting the answer to, uh, to be worded in a different way. A lot of neurodiverse adults like me, we are very literal minded. For example, they ask me, why do you want to work here? Truth is when I, when I was asked that question, I came back with, I came back with something along the lines of uh, you guys are actually at the bottom of this list of people I was looking around for work at. And unfortunately you're the last one, you're the last one. And that sort of ended up getting the door slammed on my face. And, and I was close to getting a part-time job at another local bakery that had opened up, that had newly opened up at the time. The only reason I didn't get that job was I was actually working the Salem farmer's market and the owner actually said that that was out of consideration for me and for me, he didn't want to take away the farmer's market from me. And I respect that. And I really appreciated it, but I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but literally no one in my hometown would hire me. Yeah. You know, I have to say a girl, I'm glad that that happened. I mean, I'm sorry for the curves in the road, but you are just such an inspiration doing your own thing. And we've Talk to so many parents and so many people on the spectrum or supporting their kids on the spectrum. You know, just to name a few, Jordan Summer Shirt Project is just this incredible business who I'm sure you know and follow. There's just so many people that come to mind that developed a skill and a passion and a project that really just took off because there's so many people that want to support and learn from you. I mean, it just, it's awesome. One of the things that we had talked about Carly in our questions for you was what are some of the tools that you use to sort of support any struggles that you deal with at work? Like it, it sounds like you've got your fingers on a pulse of so many different parts of your business, but are there particular tools that you use to sort of break things down? Well, not really. No, I usually what I do is write down task lists for what I need to do for the day. And when it comes to how much I have to pay myself, I usually set a, uh, I usually use my phone as a stopwatch and then I pay myself based on that. And I pay myself to like 20 an hour, which might seem like a lot, but like I said, it's a one woman show. It, we ha I have overhead to, uh, to pay. I uh, pay and I always have to keep an eye on my expenses because Sometimes I get a little uh, spend happy when I want, when I need new tools or new products uh, to try things out. But then I have to make sure I have a minimum cushion of $500 in the bank in case of unexpected or expenses that pop up every now and again. Does Sorry, somebody I... help you manage all that? Do you do that on your own? Or do you have like people that help you? Well, I sort of do that on my own. I, after all, I did, I was, I was the best in my class with financial accounting. Woo! That's awesome. amazing. I need a little help. I'm a bit rusty. I admit it. And sometimes I'm the first to admit that I'm rusty. Sounds like you're doing great though. I think a lot for neurodiverse people, it is really sad that 
no one would hire you or that you did have to make it your own way, but it's also amazing what you've made out of that instead of just giving up. And the fact that you're doing this all on your own and did so well in school that you do have those tools. Yeah, though I'm the first woman, it might've come at the expense of my peers' acquisitions of those same tools. But but sometimes I get so frustrated and angry at how things are just not built for the neurodiverse community Mm -hmm. in mind. Sometimes I'm like, they didn't need it. They can figure it out as they go, like I did. They didn't need it, but I did. I don't know what it is, but big systems in general, they kind of forget forget that people in the minority exist. They kind of forget that we're here and they kind of just don't know that it's a culture and a language all of its own and we have our own innate skills and talents we just need to be put in the right places in order to bring it out love that yes absolutely I always say I think big businesses and things like that they always want to do what's easiest so they don't want to think outside the box but they really are missing out on a lot yeah and they do that and they they really need to make a habit of thinking outside the cupcake box but Sometimes what what goes through my head is that inherently, I'm not sure they're even, I'm not sure they're inherently capable of that just because of, how, of the brain wiring. Well, everything yeah. is thought of universally, you know, like everything is approached one size fits all. And that's just not the case. Neurodiverse, autistic, I mean, ADHD, many other things too. You know, some people don't learn as well on books. Some people learn better by doing, but they approach everything in one lane. And then a lot mm-hmm. of people- end up getting, you know, pushed to the side. I have yet to see a neurodiverse Disney princess, and I'm hoping that that happens at some point. Hey, Disney, get it together over yeah. there. Name her Carly and let her bake. Disney <laughs> and go cast size kids 10. They have a lot of work to do. <laughs> they really do. Well, I wrote an article recently about this subject that there aren't really opportunities for neurodiverse people in the workforce. And it, it's something crazy, like only like 20% of uh, neurodiverse people who have been through college are employed by employers. And in Australia, they recently started a program where they're actively making sure that these people have jobs. And it's like grown the country's economy a ton. So it's like, you guys do matter and there is a purpose to it. And it's really sad. I like to think of it like this. Okay, when it comes to neurotypical workers, we're all burnt out and there's this thing going around that there's this constant phrase going around, no one wants to work. No, what the way I see it is that no one wants to be treated like a slave. We want to be paid fairly. We want to be able to keep a roof over our heads without constantly being overworked on a day-to-day basis and not have any time for a break. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen it. I mean, sometimes your kids, they go through a, a lot and when the expectations become too much, they break down and then, mm-hmm. they, and that's yeah. sort of a cue of saying, Hey, let me plug into the chart to my metaphorical charger so I can, mm-hmm. so I can get back to it. Yeah. And so- sometimes I wonder, Hey, neurotypicals, has it occurred to you that maybe you stripped to the coal mine and it's time to go to solar power in that respect? If that made any sense. Yes, that makes all the sense. (laughs) Carly, I know um, we talked about discussing too. What, where do you want your business to go? What's your idea for the future? What's your dream? Well, I know it's probably not going to be for another five to 10 years, but hopefully I'd like to move out of my parents' house and into my own house where I can run my home bakery out of there. So that way I'm not taking on my parents' space all the time. And then later on, I might end up moving into a, uh, into a commercial facility where I can actually do custards, mousses, and creams and all of that. And hopefully I have a neurodiversity majority employee base. I love that. I mean, I I was on this kick about neurodiversity community only hiring, but then dad 
told me that, hey, that's discrimination. And but sometimes I feel like clipping back, isn't it sort of inherent discrimination when when neurodiverse individuals who have the qualities, the passions, the drive that and this and the skills and innate talents that employers dream of, but because our brains don't crap in and crap out the way they should, we end up getting the door slammed in our face. Doesn't that seem a bit unfair to you? Yeah. No. And that's a hundred percent discrimination. Absolutely. Someone coming from your perspective and, and running a business, if you can get to that point where you're employing other people, you'll be able to recognize the talents in the neurodiverse people and the typical people, and you'll know where to place them, which is going to be really cool. Believe me, I have a lot more patience for the neurodiverse community than, than, uh, than anything else because hey takes one to know one i get it we have a lot more um patience for the neurodiverse community than those that don't understand the neurodiverse community over here well yeah i know i know that it would probably be rude to tell any potential employee that i'm not going to hire the uh, hire this but the thing is i would probably be brave enough to tell them and say you're neurotypical and you don't have any experience with our community you don't need to work here you don't have to worry about and about getting in the door anywhere else this place is specifically for people who have a hard time getting in the door based on some uh, on circumstances beyond their control that and that they weren't factored into you just don't fit you're the square peg in the round hole here. I know that seems a bit rude and discriminatory, but sometimes oh, I feel like it has to be said. Girl, because, holler. Yes. Yes, because <laughs> I feel like that if if people who are in the majority are not going to pick up the tools that we need to help carve out congruent holes of all shapes and sizes, then just put the tools down, let us and let us take it and take it from here. Because if you're not going to be on our side, then stay out of it. Carly, one of the words you've used tonight is brazen, and I just want to let you know I'm taking that. It's a beautiful descriptor of your passion for the subject and also this go-getter fighter quality in there. Brazen, brazen. I'm loving this. My daughter is brazen. Yeah, I guess as a kid, I knew I had to figure out how to grow a spine and stick up for myself, especially in a system where uh, special needs kids were bullied all the time and no one seemed to care. And unfortunately, that still happens today. You'd think we would have done better by now. You would think. You would think. Here we are, Carly. (laughs) Yeah. I think with hopefully with like yourself and coming on and talking about it and all these platforms, people get to listen and learn from you. So that is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you, Carly? Well, oh. my website link is in the chat. Perfect. And it's also connected to my Instagram is also a handle is also connected to that website. So <laughs> if you post the website link there, that should uh, do it. Um. And I do ship. So for you guys in the Pacific mm. Northwest over there, <laughs> I can ship out to you if you need anything. That's awesome. Amazing. That's what I was going to ask. Like, how does it work where you do the bakery out of your home? Do people come to your home to pick stuff up or is everything shipped? How does that work? Well, it's a variety of things. For people out of state, there's shipping. There's, hey, for people who, who are locals, they can go through the website and email me directly for orders or for personal or for people who are personal friends of mine, they can text me and let me know what they need and when they need it. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. A lot of my ordering is online and the menu items there are very accurate, but I do have to charge a little extra just for shipping, handling, and payment processor fees as well. They say cash is king and I'm starting to see why they say that. So somebody orders, they go to your website, they order, you ship it out to them. What is the turnaround usually on an order? Like, 
a couple days or yeah a couple days uh, a days a week at the absolute most and now when it comes to now i admit that christmas and thanksgiving tend to be very hectic for me i mean if you guys saw my instagram with my turkey with my marbled turkey feather cookies with the with those turkey cookies um maybe i should uh, put that photo there somewhere or in the chat give me a second i've been loving your i saw those um cookies but i've been loving those lilies my gosh the details on your cookies carly and the colors skill girl oh, it's yeah. like a I remember a few of the Christmas ones. Oh, I must have saw you on Finding Cooper's Voice. And then I followed yeah. your Instagram. Yeah, they're really, really cute. Uh, yeah, people uh, know this about me, but I have a thing for penguins. Oh, little penguins. Oh, they are adorable. <laughs> yeah, so everyone you can find Carly on Instagram and Facebook to search for Carly's Custom Cakes. That's how I found you. You can find her at yes. carlyscustomcakes.com. Oh, those are beautiful. I love those. Yeah, those are very labor intensive, which is why I try to limit myself on how many of those I do. You do last time I did this, I had to get 90 of these done. And it's like a 90? two to three day. Holy Moses, that's an order. Well, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, it's a very uh labor intensive process because with all those feathers, if you take a if you take a very good look at the feathers. You can see what I mean. There's like two different color stripes in each feather. And then there's a marbling technique that goes with them. And then you have to let them dry. And depending on the humidity, that could take an, at least 12 hours to dry. Yes. Yeah. And you can't pack them up until they're completely dry, right? Believe me. Believe me. I've uh, kind of made that mistake a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, it's all learning curve. <laughs> yeah. I mean humidity i mean you know how it i mean kim you oh. know how it is humidity can be a major problem up here in new england especially during the winter months listen yeah. i can tell you we try to make um turkey cupcakes at my house before they really didn't look like turkeys when we were done. <laughs> i'm to colorado no humidity here just all dry <laughs> then i guess you don't need a dehydrator like i do when uh, like i do here sometimes i'm so glad i have that yeah, <laughs> I'm. Sh I highly doubt I'm the only person who does cookies that has a dehydrator. It's actually pretty common, uh, uh, common, especially in very humid areas. Carly, one more time before we go, I want you to know we are just the five proudest moms. Like we are yeah. just so proud of you, and it's really remarkable yeah. to see your passion grow, and to see your following grow, and to see all that you've done, and to hear what your goals are. I I just can hardly wait to hear. What year yes. you accomplish your 10th yeah. employee? Let's just take it big. You know, I'm very, I'm just so proud of you. Know that you are so inspirational to all these other people here that are struggling. That Thanks. when you couldn't get a job, you know, you went and you decided your own business. I mean, that that's huge. That's, thanks. The certification and, and getting all that started was my mom. And I have to thank her for that it's, again at some point. I'm already getting, a, I'm already getting teary eyed from this because it just, it just makes me feel so good. Because it just reaffirms that I know what that I know that this was right for me, and I know I'm being looked at as a role model for other autistic women and their parents. Yeah, yes, you are. Yep. It just you feels are. like I'm actually planting a tree, knowing I'm not going to sit under the shade. Girl, uh, a forest, a forest. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, sometimes I feel like that we need to do more of that, and it's not just me. I, sometimes I just get so frustrated with things that I feel like that. You know what? Instead of instead of sitting around simmering like a uh, like a tea kettle, I'm gonna get to work and get and do something. Good for you. A good uh, lesson for us all, really. Yes. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Turn your anger into positive action. 
That's what I think we need. You need a shirt that says earlier. that, Carly. You need a shirt. Carly's custom Rachel's oh running to the bonfire right now. <laughs> <laughs> Carly's custom cake shirt should say that. Yeah, I love that's that. Awesome. So much. Yeah. I should I should pitch that idea to my dad. You should. Yes, you it's a great idea. Text me after this. I'll build you a bonfire store. You can have a shirt that says that. <laughs> I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was an honor to have you sit at the table with us, and we hope you come back. And we cannot wait to follow your amazing journey. So thank if you. If you ever need you. me yeah. back for the holidays or anything else, let me know. After yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely, we would love yes. that. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode. Check out the description to find where you can sign up for our newsletter, how to become a supporter, and find links to us individually. Join us next Monday for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We can't wait to sit with you again.